0: Prodigal Father, and not who we thought you were <laughs> so much better. Father, help us see you for who you truly are. pure hearts that we may see God thank you Jesus let us be poor in spirit father that ours would be the kingdom of heaven let us be meek that we should inherit the earth let us be merciful that we may be shown mercy let us hunger and thirst for righteousness that we would be satisfied God Let us be peacemakers, that we would be called sons of God. Thank you, Father. Let us count every persecution, every name called, directed our way as blessings. you worship team thank you guys um got an announcement in just a second before we get to that I've got a word for uh I think a couple of you at least um during worship I saw like evergreen colored shirts and uh I think Rachel and Blake, That's like a dark heather green in my eyes. (laughs) Uh, but um, so I saw people who are wearing these shirts, uh, as evergreen trees in a Christmas tree stand. And I saw the, these trees being taken out of the stand. And Being planted by a river, and um, so I just feel like what that means is just the the past season or even if you 're currently in the season there's there 's a, a transition that 's occurring where you felt like you were drying up because you had limited water supply you 're living in a tree stand a Christmas tree stand, but that the Lord is taking you and like taking you deeper than what you could ever imagine and just planting you by streams of water. And I felt like the, and that by the river, you're going to stay evergreen year round. And, uh, it talks about in the Bible that the trees planted by the river, their, their leaves don't wither. Uh, they basically producing life in season and out of season. But I saw that the, the color, the evergreen color actually represented a few things that number one, it represents life. Second, it represents flexibility. And third, it represents childlikeness and that those that that green color is just it's the the branches of a evergreen tree in the Christmas tree state because it's a pretty young tree. It's flexible. It's bendable. It's moldable. You can actually kind of shape the tree a little bit the way you need it to. And uh, you can be carried and transported and keep your form. But I just saw the Lord taking you out of that Christmas tree stand, planting you by streams of water, just as a sign of the transition of seasons. And that the purpose for the last season was to realize that uh, there's just a better place. (laughs) You know, like there's a there's a place where you um, where there's where there's seasons, but that you can still bear fruit in and out of season. And But the key is that the, the childlikeness, the flexibility, and the life that that produces. And so bless you guys. I hope it hope so, blesses you. Do you have anything? Uh word? Okay. Um, where is uh, Drake at? Come on up here, man. So uh, starting... Next Sunday, Drake is gonna be our part-time worship leader, but he's gonna be in charge of helping gather uh our worship teams, the practices and other worship shenanigans we get into. And uh but we're really just thankful to have him come uh come on because Drake is uh he carries just a, a really good heart for worship. He loves encountering the presence of the Lord. But he just also just carries a spirit of sonship, um, just a servant hearted fella who just wants to do whatever it takes. You know, he, he'd take out the trash if we asked him to. And, um, you know, he was like, well, that's not part of worship leading. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do anything like that. He's just like, yeah, I'll take out the trash. And, um, you know, and so that's just part of being in the family. You just get stuff, you know, you just get her done sometimes. But, uh, we're just really excited to have him, and, and it's going to help bring, um, you know, just some, some direction and for our worship, and and uh, he's just, he's you're done with school, right? But you're looking at, you know, some plans down the road. But we're we're glad, however long that we have Drake, we're gonna we're really thankful to have him here. So, I want you to uh, extend your hands, Jessica. Come on up here. Is there anything you want to say about Drake?
1: We just love Drake. We had Drake come sit at our table and eat with us, and he's just amazing. So y'all get to know Drake; he'll be reaching out to you guys to get to know y'all, and um, he's just really fun. He has such a heart for um, people to encounter God, and just it's just like a um, like a hungry kid. Like this is what I see, and like in his spirit, man, he's just like oh, that looks so good. I want some of that. So it's how he is about Jesus and the things of God. So um, it's really fun to be around him. So we're really thankful for you, Drake.
0: So let's just extend your hand towards towards Drake. Father, we thank you for Drake, Father. And we just ask that the, the blessing of the Lord be upon him. Father, that we just ask for a release of angelic ministry, worshiping angels to come alongside him and and just bless him and give him songs from heaven give him words from heaven father give him music from heaven lord so we can come into agreement with what is it what is happening in heaven father we ask that you bless his heart lord that he just have radical love encounters with jesus and lord that we just get the overflow of that as he uh, helps lead us to the throne room and lord we just declare just the peace and rest of the lord over him just to enjoy being a son in his father's house, and uh, Lord, we just we're so thankful for him, and just look forward to what you're going to do in him and through him. And so, just say, just say, we bless you, Drake, we bless you, Drake. and we just we're thankful for you in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: So this morning, as I was praying, I just kept hearing the Lord. Are you really thankful for your weakness? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm really thankful or not. Probably not. No, I'm not thankful for my weakness. <laughs> and so it just kept growing like this thing in me about weakness. And so I just wanted to share just this thing about weakness. So in, in Travis and I's relationship, there's a few married people in here. In Travis and I's relationship, I'm the brakes. He's the diver. So in most marriages, there's one brakes and one, like, you know, speed demon. And so they're like, oh, that looks like God. We're going over there as fast as we can. That's Travis. And I'm like, in a minute, brakes you know like as we're going cuz i'm like yeah i think that's jesus too and by the time i have that said we're like out of the gate you know um before i was married i was like but god what about this what about that god so i was still the brakes i just didn't have anyone pushing me to go ahead and do it anyway you know i was still the brakes and some people are like the i call them the divers they like dive off the end of the dock i'm a waiter I'm like just one step at a time. Just one little you know, there's not not one's not right and one's not wrong. Okay. So I used to really like take a lot of pride in my breaks because I thought it was just wisdom, you know? <laughs> or fear. But we won't talk about that part, okay? So it's just cause it is. But there's some wisdom in it. You know, people who are divers sometimes hit their head on the bottom because it's not as deep as they thought it was, you know? Like or, you know, run off the end of the dock and the pond's dry. You know, like, it, they have to be tough. They really do. Like, those people who chase, like, Travis is tough. And he's willing to, like, oh, that was God. He's there, and I wasn't quite ready. It's okay. It's like, he's not afraid. And so that's the thing is, like, sometimes there's wisdom in the breaks, but a lot of times there's fear in the breaks. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then that's awesome. But the other people, (laughs) maybe um, you can relate a little bit too. So I was just thinking about putting on the brakes and how what that looks like. And a lot of times it looks like me just questioning God and questioning my ability for what God has called me to or what he's talking about, maybe what I hear someone else say, things like that. So um, I just got this really cool new Bible and I'm sure it's a little bit controversial, but it's the parallel version of the New American Standard and the message, because I just really like the message. It's fun for me. I think it's like a, it's like a commentary um, of sorts, because it just kind of puts it in a different language. But I, I've really enjoyed my new Bible. I had an NIV forever, and um, I called it the Mother Bible, because I knew where everything was in it, you know? <laughs> and, um I put it to rest. Got a new Bible. So I'm just going to read this little scripture. It says, Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times. Oh, it's um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. I'm like, I can totally relate. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insult, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So in the message, it says, once I heard that, you know, that my grace is sufficient, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. And so I just felt God like giving us an opportunity this morning to like look at our weakness different. And I don't think, sometimes I think that scripture like my weakness then becomes like I just get strong. I don't my that hasn't been my life experience my weakness continues to be my weakness and I just look at it different like then I can't do that like I have to let God take over and he has to come into that place and cast out fear because what happens is because it's our weakness it breeds fear Because we, whatever, weakness happens, we fail, we look silly, we, whatever our weakness thing is, we miss the mark, and all of a sudden, like, we have all this fear built up around our weakness. And so, His grace is sufficient for my weakness, and it's sufficient for your weakness. Whatever it is, and in that weakness... He can take over, and you just look at it different. It's like your eyes see differently your weakness because Christ is in that thing. So I just want to pray for us this morning that he'll give us eyes to see our weakness and that really when we experience it that we can have perfect love because if Christ is in it, then perfect love comes into it and casts out the fear. And that's what has to happen in our weaknesses. Instead of, like, they just get so big because we just look at them, and we're, like, afraid of them, and we have all this negative experience around them. So there's no room for that for a child of God. Like, we are called to abundant life, and it doesn't look like fear. So I'm just going to pray for us. If, that, if you relate, like, maybe you just suck this in because I think heaven wants to give something to us this morning in this room. So Holy Spirit, we just say we need you. We need your grace to be sufficient for our weakness. And we need your perspective. You have told us that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. But we have the mind of Christ so we want to access that this morning. So just tell Father God that you want the mind of Christ about your weakness. and Just tell him, help me see my weakness with you in it, Jesus. Perfect love, come into these places of pain in our hearts where weakness has defined us. Come, Jesus. Perfect love, invade those places of pain and cast out all the fear. So maybe just open your hands up and just watch the fear, like, leave out of your inner man just like let it come out of you as that love comes in i just see like love coming in through the tops of our heads and the fear coming out coming out through our bellies that there's no more fear in our weakness perfect love push out all the fear and leave us with your contentment your, your word says that we are content I have become content that in my weakness I am strong. That in my weakness I am strong. I am not afraid of my weakness. Yeah, you just tell the enemy that and watch him tremble. I'm not afraid of my weakness, for perfect love has cast out fear. Thank you, God. Amen. Yeah, that's a really good declaration. You just tell the enemy. You know, when that weakness thing starts, like, talking to you, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I can't do this because if I do this, then that happens. And every time I've ever done this, this happens. Like, you just look at the enemy, like, sitting right there, you know, like the cartoon, and be like, I'm not afraid of my weakness. Like, totally takes his, he's like out of, he didn't have any ammunition. You know, he's like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll try something else." I'm gonna have to think for a little while, though. So you get like a little break. You know, he'll come up with something else, but he's he doesn't know everything, so it takes him a minute. Um. So yeah, I'm excited about my journey in this and y'all's.
0: Good word. Well, I have the altar call right now. (laughs) I gotta preach my sermon. I've I worked hard on this thing. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about, you know, we just obviously uh, celebrated Thanksgiving, but you hear all the cliches and Thanksgivings, a, a everyday thing, and it, and it really is, but it doesn't just happen. You know, it's just not like you, it's it's a discipline, like so many things. Walking with the Lord are, you know. You know, there's days you don't feel like reading your Bible, but you you, you read your Bible. You know, there's days that you don't feel like, uh, you know, overlooking a transgression, but you overlook a transgression. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that are not dependent upon our emotions uh, that are commanded to us by the Lord. Um, Thanksgiving is one of, and rejoicing or, or one of these things that it's like the Lord's just like, do this. This is just like, this is like, read your Bible, give thanks, rejoice. And so I, I wanted to talk about that because uh, a couple of weeks ago I was reading in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, and I just, that verse popped out to me because it said, Paul said, rejoice. Again, I'll say rejoice. And I don't mind repeating this to you because it's a safeguard for you. And what he was saying is that I don't mind repeating this because rejoicing is like a stronghold. It's like a safe place for you. It's a place that can protect you. And so that's why I want to talk about Thanksgiving and rejoicing are very closely related. So it's Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the stronghold of Thanksgiving. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but first I want to just talk about what is a stronghold. Okay. You know, we, you see books casting down, bringing down strongholds and all this kind of stuff, but what is a stronghold? Well, in the old Testament, a stronghold was a fortress that was seen as a place to find refuge and safety or a place to fight from. Okay. So it was like, it was a place of refuge or a place that you fought from. In the New Testament, a stronghold is referred to metaphorically as anything that has a stronghold of you. And in Second uh, Peter, it says anything that overcomes a man, he is enslaved to that thing. So like a stronghold many times has us enslaved. It's like... I, I just can't kick this habit, you know, every time, I I was about to use a really extreme example and I caught myself, but I was like, you know, you know, every time, I I just can't stop doing this thing, I just can't stop, uh, you know, whatever it is, my examples are too extreme running through my head, so, and so it's, just, it's whatever has a strong hold of you, whatever overcomes you. And so for me, you know, when I was, uh, before I, like, surrendered to Jesus, sexual immorality, pornography had a strong hold of me because I would walk by my, my TV and there would be uh, tapes there on top of the TV in my apartment, and I couldn't, I couldn't walk by. I would try to walk by, but it was like this thing. It was too strong for me. It had a stronghold and it would overcome me. And so I was enslaved by that thing until Jesus liberated me and pulled Isaiah 61 on me where he set the prisoners free. And so that's what a stronghold is. So it's also a false argument or a faulty or sinful way of thinking that keeps you in bondage and often defends your way of life. That stronghold would defend why you have this dysfunction in your life. Chris Vallotton says, we, you know, we oftentimes spiritualize our dysfunctions. Old Spice Whistle, that's Jessica's text tone, but she's right there taking notes. So, yeah. interesting. Anyways, uh. So it's a false argument, a faulty, sinful way of thinking that keeps you in bondage and that defends your way of life. That That's a key right there. It tends to defend yourself. <laughs> so addiction, slander, sexual immorality, those are examples of strongholds. So the context of Philippians, Paul's in prison. He's in a deep, dark hole of a prison. Damp. Uh, he's not getting to... Uh, he's not... He doesn't get to, like, lift weights 30, you know, for an hour a day. He's not getting to watch TV. Doesn't get, it's just like he's in a hole. And uh, it's good now that thing popped up in just Senate. But uh, so he's in a – it's damp. It's void of sunlight. There's probably rodents there. And then he – this is what he writes in that context. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Right there it doesn't make sense, okay? So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard, which was the elite guard around Caesar, and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. This is the way the kingdom works. Okay? Man, look at Paul. He just got put in prison for for declaring Jesus Christ. Man, I'm full of courage right now. Let's go, let's go preach the gospel. Same thing happened in Acts 4. They were being persecuted. Some of them just got beat. And they're like, what was their prayer strategy? Lord, protect us. Lord, protect us. No, it was, God, give us more boldness. That's the, that's the way of the kingdom. And so this is what Paul is just like, man, this prison thing is, has turned out to be a real blessing. <laughs> It's advanced the gospel. So that's, that's a totally different way of looking at his circumstances. So Philippians 3.1 is the one I, I mentioned earlier. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a, it is a safeguard or a stronghold for you. Hey, babe, can you lean back? The words rejoice, which is the word Cairo, grace, which is charis, and thanksgiving, Eucharistio. You ever heard of the Eucharist? That's where it comes from. Sir, are the same root word that you see that charis word is, is part of all three of those words. Okay, why is that important? So the word for grace, charis, is actually translated as thanksgiving 12 times in the New Testament. So thanksgiving, grace, and rejoicing are very close, close siblings in the kingdom. They're, they're kissing cousins, whatever you want to call it. They're, they're closely related. Thanksgiving, grace, and it's, it's almost like they could be interchanged, right? So thanksgiving, the reason I even, I'm calling this a stronghold of thanksgiving is because thanksgiving is a form of rejoicing. All right, so you're like, Paul tells us to rejoice. Well, what does that look like? Am I, you know, am I dancing in the streets? It could look like that. You know, am I just saying, woohoo? It could look like that. But, like, a really good practical way of rejoicing in the Lord is to give thanks. Thank you, Fa- thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, that you came after me, that you ran after me, that you sought me out. Thank you, Father that I've got a roof over my head, that's rejoicing. Thank you, i got food. Thank you, I got, sh- I got clothes. Thank you for my beautiful children. Thank you for a family that loves me. You see that? You're rejoicing as you give thanks. It's like almost one and the same. And so when Paul says rejoice, rejoice, just start, start with thanksgiving, and you're going to end up in that place of rejoicing. It's like it's a form of rejoicing as I was just talking with the Holy Spirit about the sermon, I just felt like he said, Thanksgiving is the language of heaven. Think about it. Thanksgiving, praise, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So you know, like to enter, to enter into the presence of the Lord, it's like thanksgiving is a part of that. Well, in heaven, you're in the presence of the Lord perpetually. So there's just a lot of thanks going on. Thank you, Father. I got all of eternity to be with you, to... to to glory in the light of your face, man. Did you did you see what he did on like day two million five hundred sixty three thousand? That was amazing what he did. He just like the angels flew in like a V formation, and it was like the blue angels. Except it was just it was real angels, and you know whatever it is. And so it's like you're just like Thanksgiving all the time. So a stronghold of rejoicing, a stronghold of Thanksgiving. Basically one and the same. So there's a place in God where rejoicing can become a stronghold in your life. So strongholds are not just in the negative. Not, it's not just this uh, thing that we're trying to overcome and conquer and break off of our life. It can be that Thanksgiving has a stronghold of me. It's, I have a stronghold. I've built a fortress of Thanksgiving. And so imagine yourself, there's a circumstance. Man, there's not enough money. Too much rent, not enough money. And you're over here. This is your your circumstances. Okay? And then imagine that there's to my to my left, there's this castle of Thanksgiving that you could run into. I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run into the fortress, into the stronghold of Thanksgiving, where I'm surrounded, where I'm protected, where the presence of the Lord is. Or I could stay in this place of like uh Too much rent, not enough money. Father, thank you that you provide all my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I thank you that you're in the cattle on a thousand hills. I thank you that there is no end to the abundance in heaven. I thank you that I'm your son. I have access to heaven. I thank you that you're my father. You see where I'm getting at? Okay? So that's the stronghold. You run into the stronghold of thanksgiving in your circumstance. You know, one of the things when Supresa was here, that, I, that I, one of the big things that I took away just from being able to spend a little bit of time with him was to say, he's just always saying, thank you, like to the Lord or to me, he, you know, we'd be driving to the uh, conference and he just, uh, you know, he, he'd kind of be tired. He's just like, Ugh. thank you, Jesus. Thank you, spirit of God. So where are we going, Travis. Thank you. I was like, oh, uh, we're going to uh, this this place off of Baxter Street. That's where, he, oh, that will be good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then I said, Hey, uh, you know, I gave, we gave him uh some money that we had collected from the from the conference, and he was just like, Oh. Probably wasn't the biggest gift he ever got, but he was just he said, Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Travis, so much. Thank you. You're such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And then, you know, he's he's like, oh, we gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning to catch the airplane. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was just like that's one of the that was like one of the biggest things I walked with. It's like this guy's just thinking, he's just thankful. That's probably why he's so happy like but he has a stronghold like he's not even thinking about it but i can i would be willing to bet that he built that thing that fortress is brick by brick building that that stronghold of thanksgiving and so it took some intentional purposeful time of him cultivating a heart of thanksgiving you know and then, you know, it's just, and so it's it's a discipline, just like I said, like reading your Bible. So I believe Thanksgiving is the key to cultivating this place of rejoicing, and it's also a place of just abiding in his presence. How many of y'all have just heard of uh, a guy named Brother Lawrence and a book he wrote called Practicing the Presence of God? Anybody heard of that? One of his, he was a, uh, a dishwasher at a monastery, but people. F- from around the country of France would come, come to him to learn how to walk with God because he practiced the presence of God and one of the main things that he did was just like, Father, I thank you that I get to wash dishes today. I thank you that I get to be with you in everything that I do. You know, and it was just this, this constant communion with the Lord, this, this Thanksgiving, but he he would even say, he talked about how he developed that. He's just like, there are many times where, you know, I, was, I would be giving thanks. I would be praising the Lord for his presence. But I didn't feel his presence. But I just knew. I knew he was there. But as he said, but I got to the place where I built it. It became such a part of my life that it was. He did it without thinking. It was a stronghold in his life. And people like the spiritual leaders of his day, the, the secular leaders of his day would come and find Brother Lawrence and they'd be like, we're looking for Brother Lawrence. He'd be like, he's in the kitchen washing dishes. And that was his whole purpose was the, to practice and to be to stay in the presence of the Lord, and thanksgiving was a key to that. So when are the times that that you give thanks, you know? I was thinking about this. It's like, are you arrogant when you give thanks? Typically, No. <laughs> Are you grumpy when you give thanks? Well, it's hard to stay grumpy. You might be grumpy a few. I, I start giving thanks when I am grumpy. I am like, "Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Thank you that everything's going wrong today." In my mind, the Lord's like that. Not every, everything's not going wrong. <laughs> I remember I was substitute teaching at a county county high school, and I had uh, the guys. I, I was doing the auto shop. And uh, those guys were a little rough around the edges. And I had no idea how everything worked. And so they were just, I I could just tell they were totally taking advantage of me all day because I didn't know what, they're like, yeah, Mr. Mr. Bell just lets us go out here and uh, we'll just hang out by the car. And I'm like, I didn't have any directions. And at that time, I was just, I really liked uh, keeping things in order and everybody being quiet and hushing. And so these guys would go out there, and I just, it was, you know, because I didn't know what the standard of uh, their actions or their conduct was, it was like I couldn't hold them in anything, and I just could tell. they were abused. It was like we got this, uh, we got them right where we want them at, but I couldn't really do anything, and it was it was a hard day for me. I was like, and I just told, I remember I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this was a, this was a bad day. He said, there's no bad days in me. He said, there's, there may be hard days, but there's no bad days. He says, because you learned from this, right? I was like, yeah. So there's no bad days. There's just hard days. And so it's hard to stay grumpy when you, when you give thanks. Are you hopeless when you give thanks? Thanksgiving changes the hopelessness into hope. It's like, Father, I thank you that you have a solution. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but you have a solution. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you're still on your throne in the midst of all this chaos in the world. Thank you, Jesus. So it's, it's hard to remain hopeless when you give thanks. So you give thanks when you receive something of value, okay? And everything that God has done, especially our salvation, is of value. Henry Ward Beecher said, pride slays thanksgiving. But a humble mind is the soil out of which thanks naturally grows. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. Mm. That's a good word right there. So Thanksgiving supersedes not understanding and not knowing what lies in the future. You know, there's going to be there is the Bible... Makes it clear. There's going to be, we're not going to understand everything. We're not going to know everything. But Thanksgiving just totally trumps that. And Victor Hugo said, to give thanks in solitude is enough. Thanksgiving has wings and goes where it must go. Your prayer knows much more about it than you do. So what he's saying is just like, when you give thanks, it's, it's accomplishing much more than you even know what it's doing. That's how I interpret it. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, strongholds, and we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what, what are our weapons for destroying the sinful, faulty ways we think Thanksgiving, leads to truth, leads to rejoicing. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle, sp- gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, sup- and supplication with thanksgiving. That's the key. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. that your requests be made known to God. Jesus, when, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he gave thanks to God before it ever happened. He said, thank you, Father, that you're going to do this to glorify your name. He says, I don't, he says, I'm not doing this for my sake. I'm doing it for their sake, that giving, I'm giving you thanks beforehand so everybody can hear. Because it, God, Jesus was like, I know you're going to raise Lazarus, but they need to know. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus will guard your heart and your mind. Thanksgiving guards your heart, it guards your mind. Okay. Proverbs four twenty-four, I think, says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the well springs of life. Well, thanksgiving's a way to guard that. Well, how do you do that? I mean, do you ever ask that question? How do I guard my heart? What does that mean? It's like, No. No. Is that just saying no a lot? No. It's, <laughs> it's giving thanks. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is no honor, honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Give thanks for these things. So how do we continue to grow in walking with the Lord? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? Was it because you did something really righteous and he's like, you know what? I need you on my team. No. You received him by faith. He's just like, I'm going to save you because I love you and you're in a mess. So having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. So he's talking about, was like, how do you continue to walk with the Lord? How do you continue to be built up in him, in your faith? Overflow with gratitude. That's how you continue to grow in faith. You know, Jessica was talking about, you know, glorying, uh, boasting in our weakness. And so... What if one of the things is, you know, like, I don't pray for people for healing because I, I I, don't think they're going to get healed. Well, that's fine. You, you, It's true. You can't heal anybody. So the focus is on the wrong thing. You're, you're focusing on yourself. But what Thanksgiving does is like, Father, I thank you for your healing. Jesus, thank you for doing what you're going to do. I thank you for healing. Thank you for healing this leg. Thank you for healing this sickness. And so the thanksgiving puts it on God, takes it off of you, you know. And so that's one of the ways that you can pray for healing. That's what Jesus says, I've given you my authority to pray and heal the sick. And so he's like, I've given you my ability. I've given you uh, the authority for these things to bow at my name, not your name, my name. All right. And so it's true. You can't heal anybody. But Jesus can, and he lives in you, and he likes to use you. And so when you give thanks, like, Father, I thank you that I have Jesus in me. I have the ability to heal every manner of sickness and disease. Because that's what Jesus went around doing. So God doesn't need your thanksgiving and praise As much as you need it to open up your heart so you can receive more of him. So like when we worship. When we give him praise. What is the motive behind God saying worship me. Adore me. Lavish your love on me. Is it because he's insecure? No. Is it because he needs it to survive? No. It's because he knows that is the place that opens you up to receive more of him. He just knows how good he is. So he's like, listen, this is the place you worship. You give me thanks. You give me praise because you're going to want more of me. (laughs) And you need more of me. And this opens up your heart to receive more from me. That's why we give thanksgiving and praise. It's, we give him the glory and the honor to his name because he is the Lord. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the one true living God. But it's not because he's got, he needs something from us, if that makes sense. It's because he loves us as a father and a son. I want my kids to be positioned to do well in life. And that's what thanksgiving and praise does. It positions you for blessing. Positions you to because blessing is in encountering God. Psalm fifty, verse twenty three. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who orders his way. Or, or some translations, the King passage. Fifteen years ago, and memorized it because it it hit me so hard. The old NIV version, the current NIV doesn't translate it this way, salvation, that he can deliver you, that he can show you himself, so that thanksgiving just helps usher in